Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. your mouth and listen. I'm going to give you a couple extra days, but it's going to cost you another two G's as a reminder not to fuck it up. I make myself clear? And don't get me to like you. I'm not the one with the short bag. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Patreon is the, uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds tons of fun the fire in there is amazing great platform to post trade questions debate rookie values share insight interact with some cool people from across the globe you know shout out to those guys in australia they're blowing my phone up all the time you know the best part is there's no twitter trolls or facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about so uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more win those championships pause the podcast right now sign up and you can thank me later in the group chat What's happening, guys? Happy Monday. Yeah, that's right, Monday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. On today's show, we are going to be doing a Scott Fishbowl 12 draft cram session. If you're listening to this on Monday the 11th, the Scott Fishbowl draft, that's right, the annual, uh, I guess, biggest tournament now in fantasy football. I don't know, maybe one of those underdog gimmicks has got it going, but this is definitely the biggest for charity. And that kicks off tomorrow, so we thought we would do a last-minute draft cram session. Uh, No man of the hour, no man with the power here tonight, but I am not alone. I am here with one of my good friends in the Dynasty space. Uh, We've known each other for a couple of years now, and his name is Brian Ford. You can follow Brian on Twitter at FFJunkie underscore. Uh, Brian does work over at the Dynasty Fever podcast, as well as Going for Two. He's an occasional contributor at Dynasty Pros, and he is a member of the Fantasy Sports Writers Association, as well as a dog papa. Brian, welcome back to the show, man. It's been a little bit. It has been. Uh, Thanks for having me. Really looking forward to it. Uh, Yeah. Hey, absolutely. I am excited to have you on. Um, This is going to be a little cram session. So this is going to be the Monday pod. Um, As of now, uh, we'll see what schedules look like. Uh, We were going to do the Dynasty hot takes for the tight end position for 2022. But uh, in the immortal words of Joe Exotic, the Tiger King. Guess what, motherfucker? Guess what? We're going to move the tight end episode potentially to another week. The, the Dynasty Warzone schedule is going to be uh, a little little weird. There will be a podcast on Wednesday. As of now, I'm planning on moving the Dynasty War Games pod. The Dynasty War Games pod normally comes out on Tuesday. Right now, I've got that in the bullpen slated to come out on Wednesday in the normal slot. And we'll see what happens with Tuesday evening, who's recording Maybe it'll be Dallas. Don't know what the rest of the schedule, but you'll definitely have a podcast today on Monday. You'll definitely have a podcast on Wednesday. And the rest of the week is TBD. Speaking of last week, uh, Brian, did you catch the Dynasty Blue Chips edition of the Dynasty Warzone last week? Uh, no, I did not. I have to oh. uh, apologize. My, my time for listening to podcasts has decreased a lot the last few months. Um, uh, what was the, uh, the highlights that you, you want to give? The, the the highlight the highlight of it is just a, a way of identifying and it's not something we do a lot of but identifying the blue chip players in the dynasty space okay uh, and and the red chip podcast that follows will be on our patron this week 
So great way to get caught up on the Dynasty Warzone. I recorded that last week while I was out on vacation. And um, don't be afraid to head over to all your social medias, including YouTube, and subscribe to the Dynasty Warzone everywhere but TikTok. I said I was going to consider a TikTok. I'm still considering TikTok. So <laughs> you can go there. You can subscribe everywhere. And you can give us a thumbs up. You can comment on videos like this. Uh, we hope it helps you in the, the fantasy and dynasty space. But we are going to jump into the show. So, Je uh, Jesse, I started to call you your co-host. <laughs> is, is that an insult? Do, Never. Do, 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 do you feel uh, marginalized? No, not okay. at all. Okay, so so for those that have never checked out the, the Dynasty Fever, first of all, shame on you. You 100% <laughs> should be subscribed to Dynasty Fever. But his co-host, Jesse, is also the co-host of the Dynasty War Games found right here. So, so Jesse kind of double dips. He's out working and moving and grooving and doing his thing everywhere. So he's a very active member. Um, but tell me, tell me what's going on. We know what's what was your most recent episode, and what do you have coming up? Okay, so before Jesse left for Cancun, our last episode was a trade show. Uh, we examined some recent trades uh, that had gone on in our leagues or that we made, kind of nailing down different players' values. I think we talked a lot about DeAndre Swift in, in that one and and DK. And then uh, coming up, recording this Thursday, uh, we have a, another trade show, but it's going to be more about like trade tips slash trade etiquette. Uh, and we're going to actually have a guest. Jesse doesn't know this yet. We're going to have a guest, uh, Dave Heilman, uh, Dynasty Dorks. And uh, he recently wrote an article about, you know, relationships and other things in, in, uh, in Dynasty trading. And so we're going to kind of play off of that and some of my uh, soapbox stuff about trade etiquette and Jesse's going to think that I'm crazy and because he's so laid back. So g give the people a sneak peek. Give them a reason <laughs> to tune into Dynasty Fever. Without giving away the whole show, g give yeah. us a small, small bit of Dynasty etiquette that these people should be realizing and a reason to head over to the Dynasty Fever. Anywhere that you're you're watching or listening to this show, you can find the Dynasty Fever. So, so he's going to give you, like, in the radio biz, they call this the hook. We're going right. to set the hook to get them to download and be looking forward to this show. Okay. So probably my number one pet peeve is bad first offers. Semicolon, bad first offers, followed by had to try, shoot my shot, you never know. It's the worst. It drives me nuts. Uh, and I can uh, give you my soapbox version of that on the, uh, on the episode later this week. Yeah, uh, I, I tell you what, after the podcast, after this podcast is over, after this podcast is over, I'm going to give you a dynasty pet peeve of mine. I will actually type it up and I will DM it to you and you can okay. share that on that podcast. You got it. You got that it. Way, and, and, and you can take it into one of those patented Memphis rants and you guys <laughs> can, 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 can do that. But um, looking forward to that. And looking forward to jumping into the show. Again, real quick, five-star reviews. I've already plugged the social media. Um, if you're listening to this via podcast, that's a super easy way to help the show. Go to Apple, go to Spotify, any of the podcast platforms that allows you to leave a review. Leave a five-star, some nice comments. You can comment on this episode. Um, it goes a tremendous way. We've kind of lost our way, if you will, of... Of, of not asking for the five-star review, but I'm asking. You can do the mm -hmm. huge show a huge favor. And hell, while you're there, look for Dynasty Fever and leave them a five-star review too. Hey, what the hell? You're helping people out. We're here to help you with Scott Fishbowl. You help us out with uh, with the old five-star review. So, man, let's jump into it. Um, I, I don't know that you've done this, but are you familiar with a segment that we do called Good People, Bad Tweets? Yes, I, I, I am familiar with that. And, and I hope one day to never be on that segment. Uh, well, sometimes, sometimes like last week, we, we had a good person with a good tweet that inspired me to do, you know, give them a shout out. And then I built on that. Okay. So, so, but this week, that same person's back. And this is a good person with a bad tweet. Are you ready? Sure. We need an audio drop for that. You know, I, I will, you know, I will work on that. That is a damn good call. I need something. I need something that signifies um, that, that we're, we're going to have uh, a good, a good person 
bad tweet. Maybe, maybe it's this one. How, how, uh, oh man, a little, a little too long. How about this? Remember it. Write it down. Take a picture. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> okay, that's good. It's, it's on the soundboard. Yeah. It's, it's what I got. Okay. So anyway, th- this is the same guy who last week inspired me to you know give him a shout out, and I put my own tweet on top of it. But it's Mr. Derek Brown. Derek's with Fantasy Pros. Um, good dude. At F, absolutely at D Bro, D B R O underscore F F B. I referenced him last week, but four days ago he tweeted, "While everyone fights over Gabriel Davis, I'll continue drafting Jamison Crowder and James Cook." Mm. Now this tweet has nothing to do with James Cook, but it has everything to do with Jamison Crowder. Why? 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 Why can we not let Jamison Crowder go? I will be honest, four years, five years ago, 2017, Jamison Crowder was Gabriel Davis. Go back and look it up. Go back, throw Jamison Crowder in in your search feature on Twitter, and go back to 2017. You will see plenty of Twitter people, including myself, at DWZ Memphis. You'll find me arguing one side or the other. Gang, it's five years later. He is not taking... The, the Jamison Crowder role. He is Jamison. He's not taking the Cole Beasley role. You can forget about it. You can, you can just forget about it. I will list the options I would much rather have in that Buffalo offense than Jamison Crowder. Let's start with Stefan Diggs. Would you agree, Stefan Diggs? Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still going to say Gabriel Davis. Yep. I'm going to say Dawson Knox. Yep. I'm going to say James Cook. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even sure Jamison Crowder makes the damn team. Mm-hmm. Very true. I, I just I, I think if you're gonna take a dart throw, and, and I do believe that that Mister uh, Debro was referring to like more of a best ball. It's still best ball season. I don't think redraft will kick up in earnest until next month, middle of August, as we trail toward Labor Day. So, but I, could you imagine a world where you would be taking Jamison Crowder? No, I no, I can't. Um, and if you'll allow me uh, a, a little, a little bit of indulgence here, so I am the conductor of the Gabriel Davis hype train. Uh, I'm on record in 2021 saying that he was a, a, a dynasty buy. Uh, however, it seems like not only has the market caught up with me, but it's become so hot that people are now. The fun thing to tweet is that we're we're tired of talking about Gabriel Davis. I kind of feel like the guy who liked the band three albums ago and now like the new folks are coming to the show wearing the band t-shirt and they don't know the, the rules of the scene with the band and, and all that. And, and, and so it really pains me uh, to, to see, you know, that uh, it's become a situation where people are now tired of, of talking about it and people have, have caught up with me, but it also pains me to like say that I see where people are coming from because there's, I love Gabe Davis, the player, um, but I'm also honest about the uncertainty of his role and volume. We'll get to Crowder in a second, right? But you've got Diggs, you've got James Cook, who I don't really like, but you know he's going to be a, a pass catcher. Um, Singletary is still there; he ha- he he still exists. Um, you know, you're looking at uh, Isaiah McKenzie has filled in in the slot well when Beasley's been gone too. Two real good spike weeks recently when he's filled in for Beasley. Plus, there's knocks, and people are starting to say, well, mouths to feed, targets, et cetera, et cetera. So they're starting to throw cold water on Davis. That said, we haven't reached I'd rather Jamison Crowder level yet, right? It, we're not there. I, I have, like, one share of Crowder on, uh, in P7 and uh, took over an orphan. I can't I can't get rid of him for, like, two-fourths. Like, it, it, like it's – no. So – there's no world in which redraft, best ball, fantasy, whatever it is, I'm drafting Jamison Crowder over um, over uh, over Gabe Davis. Yeah. And, and I like Debro, but I disagree there. Yeah, and I forgot about Isaiah McKenzie. Like I said, I would be stunned if if he made camp. I, I pulled up some Jamison Crowder stats, hashtag things I thought I would never do in 2022. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the, the, the guy has, a, has never started – 10 games in a season, but one time. He started 12 games for the Jets three years ago. Uh, he has not played all 16 games since that same year, 2019. Uh, he has never had more than 80 catches, 
it, it, I just don't know what we're buying. We're buying a 29-year-old wide receiver. So I thought that was crazy. I, I don't I didn't I didn't mind the anti, you know, Gabe Davis at cost talk. Mm-hmm. But, steer, but steering headlong into Jamison Crowder felt like uh you, you were going too far. Mm-hmm. But, but, I, but I also but and these are the kind of tweets that, that that's why I bring it up. There there's a a, a zero, there's a zero sum game. Nobody is going to draft Jamison Crowder, even on his advice. No one. At least they shouldn't. So there's no repercussions if he flames out or gets cut, right? But it's all ups, it's all upside if Jamison Crowder does anything. So those are the, those are those low hanging tweets. So I didn't think it was a good one. Um, anyone listens to the show knows I love D Bro. Uh, I used him as a positive reference last week, but uh, I thought that's a good person with a bad tweet. And that is brought to you by our patron, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Um, a lot of podcasts. Again, I'm going to do my red chips. I've uh, done the blue chips. Uh, did two podcasts last week. We'll do, I'll do at least one this week. And um, that's great. I mean, Brian, you're in the, you're in the group chat. You know how crazy it gets. Mm-hmm. A very active group chat. And- oh, yeah, it's, a, it's a great community. I mean, and I'm sorry to talk over you, but like five bucks a month for what, like a latte, you know, uh, to to have all these leagues uh, to be in with folks and and all the, the community and the group chat constantly bouncing trade ideas and startup ideas off, off one another. It's just uh, I don't know that there's a better bargain in, in Dynasty. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, I think the community is what makes it go. Um, mm-hmm. So so many good people and really sharp people just talking Dynasty. And, and I do believe uh, you are correct when you say it's the best value. So check out patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Um, a lot of po- podcasts, like I said last time, if you just go over there and like literally sign up for a month, check it out. You can go, go back and listen to a an old podcast from the archives a day. You get a bonus. You could literally get tons of free pot, not free because it'd be five bucks, but you get all this additional content. You could quit at the end of the month and move on down the road. But I, but I don't think so. I think if you come by, you'll stick around with us, especially going into redraft and dynasty season. So again, patreon.com forward slash dynasty war zone. Check it out today. All right, sir. We are ready for the main event. We are ready for the Scott fishbowl number 12. Uh, how many years in the fishbowl is this for you? This is only uh, only my second, actually. Yeah. So, so for you, the the scoring, the one thing about that makes the Scott Fishbowl unique is the scoring. Mm-hmm. He, he does a lot of things, uh, a lot of monkey wrenches, and we're going to talk about like some of the best performing players here in a bit. Um, he really does a good job of balancing the value of positions. Yes. Um, but but like some of the the interesting scoring is a, a quarterback gets six points per passing touchdown. That really helps. I helped one of our patrons with this, by the way, named Daniel. Um, he was talking about – no, it was, it was actually Matt. And, and he was talking about whether or not he should draft Lamar Jackson – no, not Lamar uh, – Jalen Hurts or Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. And it was a six-point per passing touchdown league. Mm-hmm. When you go in and, and you do – and you go through that scoring format – you know, Matthew Stafford way outscores him. Now, normally the Konami code gives the the running quarterbacks quite the advantage. Right. But six point per passing touchdown, Matthew Stafford last year threw 40 touchdowns. You know, I, I, I think Derek Carr, we're going to get into like the players we like here in a minute. Derek Carr is going to throw a bunch of touchdowns this year. I could argue, what, what if I say this just out loud, does it sound crazy if I say Derek Carr has the best or one of the best wide receiving, and you add in the tight end here, cores in the NFL. You've got Renfro, who finished as a tight end, excuse me, as a wide receiver one last year in fantasy. Ton of ton of slot points underneath. You have Devontae Adams and you have Darren Waller. Are there is there like maybe maybe Cincinnati with Higgins and Chase? But who is their third? Yeah, it's either Tyler Bull. Boyd or, or maybe now even Hayden Hurst. So yeah, it doesn't really doesn't really measure up. Yeah. But but it makes you feel like, okay, if 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 you just check off the boxes of Adams and Chase, because they're pretty close in a vacuum. Not for Dynasty, obviously they're clearly one's older than the other. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you put you put Higgins and, and Waller. I don't know that there's a third option on Cincinnati as good as Hunter Renfro. So Derek Carr in this format is going to be great. Also, uh, incompletions, mm-hmm. you get you get docked a point per incompletion, but you get a half a point per completion. So basically, a QB has got to be throwing around sixty-six point six repeating percent to break even. Yep. You know, so so this is where a guy like Jared Goff, again Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, really come in. Um, tight end, tight end points really uh, are juiced. The uh, tight ends get a uh, bonus for reception. Um, I've seen several drafts where tight ends uh, went the eleven and. 14 or the 12 and the 13 in that range. So, so it's, and this is one of the live drafts. This is one of the Chicago live drafts. Our buddy Mm -hmm. Kyle from the uh, fantasy football SmackDown, he was there taking part in that. So it's really designed to, I don't want to say nerf, but I, I think it takes the emphasis off of running backs pretty quickly. Would you agree based on what you saw last year? Yes and no. I, I think that, if we're if we're saying that it nerfs relative to like what it was before, yeah, and this in the fact that the scoring is now meant to balance all the positions, then yeah, I, I would agree. But last year, Eckler and James Conner, for me, you know, I wouldn't have been in the conference finals without them. So yeah. Yeah, th- that's one thing too, is that you, you I, I think you mentioned now Eckler not so much, but Connor, that was a late round gold for you last year. Yeah. And you're not going to get him anywhere near the same value you got him, you know, this year as, as you got him last year. But but I wanted to do a, a little comparison for you. So um, I have two columns pulled up on my other two screens, and I'm going to share with you some of the top performers in the Scott Fishbowl and where they finished subsequently in your standard PPR scoring. Mm-hmm. You cool with that? Sure. Well, so this is four point per passing touchdown. This is no tight end premium. This is just standard PPR. QBs get uh, four points per passing touchdown. The number one player in Scott Fishbowl scoring last year was Josh Allen with 415 points. In traditional scoring, he scored 378. So you're talking, you're talking the difference of about third 20. No, what is that? Uh, 22. Yeah, 30, 37 points. So 37, 38 points. That's a pretty big jump. Now, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was the number one overall scoring. This is weeks one through 17. Cooper Cup was the number one overall scoring player, regardless of position, in that time frame. He scored 413 PPR points. Mm -hmm. In the Scott Fishbowl scoring, Cooper Cup scored. He was the eighth overall score, and he scored 377. So he dropped 35 points. Now he was still a, a tremendous value where he was, you know, going last year, but to go from one to eight is a, pre- a pretty sizable jump. Would you agree? Absolutely. Now running backs, on the other hand, so Jonathan Taylor was the RB one overall last year. Mm-hmm. He finished with in PPR, no points per carry, no points per first down, anything like that, which is some of the scoring in Scott Fishbowl. He scored three hundred and sixty points. And in Scott Fishbowl, he scored 389. So he was third overall in uh, PPR, and he was fifth overall in Scott Fishbowl. So, so not too bad. Not, not, not much of, of a big drop. Uh, but then once you get past that, the, the next running back off uh, on the board in Scott Fishbowl was your man, Austin Eckler. He mm-hmm. finished as the overall player 15. Uh, then it was Joe Mixon. So uh, one more in there, Najee Harris. So, you know, you do get points for first down. You you, you do get points yeah. in that fashion. So the scoring's certainly unique. Sure. And you would, I would think that it would be the, the what deflated cup in, the, in, in fishbowl is the half PPR, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, the, the full point PPR was just crazy. How, how many points, he got added. Now, another thing in Scott Fishbowl is they have kickers. W- yes. Where were you at last year with kickers? So, you know, just for like, you know, I think we talked about it before the show. I'm just kind of glad to be there. Just want to have some fun. 
I play in no leagues that have kickers at all, except for Scott Fishbowl. So I was like, what the heck? Let me draft a, a, a couple kickers. Right. And, you know, I've I've looked at Linda and, and some of her data on, you know, kickers relative to some players that you're going to be taking at similar ADP and how they get how they outproduce, especially they outproduce the floor of those players. So I grabbed two. I think I had Koo and Bass last year. And there were there were weeks because of buy or injury or just, you know, I needed to. I, I, I certainly flexed them above, you know, my fourth running back or, you know, fifth wide receiver or something. Yeah. So I'll probably grab a couple, uh, probably none before round 15 or 16. But, you know, you never know. That's the plan. But the draft will dictate. OK, so I, I have the data in front of me. Um, this is this is for the listener. Um, where do you think overall I have the top 300 players in Scott Fishbowl scoring? Mm-hmm. Where so between one and three hundred, mm-hmm. where do you think the number one kicker was Nick Folk? By the way, mm-hmm. where do you think he finished between one and three hundred? One hundred twenty-three. Uh, you're about half sixty. <laughs> he finished. Oh, wow. Okay. He fit in this scoring format. He finished sixtieth overall. He scored more fantasy points last year in this format than the following. Mike Williams of the Chargers, Javante Williams, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Pittman, Josh Jacobs. Mm. Justin Justin Tucker of the Baltimore Ravens finished 60th. So it just goes to show you that one of the, and the, one of the things that I'm going to do, and, and th- this is just good dynasty advice. One of these days, you're actually going to join the patron. You don't know it yet, but you're going to join. And then Neil, the official admin of the Dynasty War Zone, is going to get you in one of these crazy-ass leagues that we're in. <laughs> the first thing you have to do is you the, – the biggest page on Sleeper, MFL, um, the live drafts with Scott Fishbowl were conducted on Sleeper. These slow drafts are going to be conducted on MFL. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about both of these things is, especially MFL, if you if you access it via desktop, it is so neat and so clean. And that's why I'm able just to pick these stats out as you and I are having this conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and by doing this, as I was prepping for this show, I'm like, holy shit. That's literally my reaction. I was like, holy shit. It's like, you can't be afraid to jump on a kicker a, a little bit early. So that's the scoring format. That's the the funkiness behind yeah. uh, you know, behind it. Um, before we get any any further, I kind of uh, buried the lead, as they would say in uh, the radio business or the news business. Mm-hmm. But I know this is your second year. What division are you in? Because the theme this year is cities, right. and there are real cities like uh, the city of Chicago had a live draft this past weekend. Orlando. Las Vegas, San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York. I think there was like 10, 12. Uh, I have volunteered um, to host one. Uh, we didn't pick Indianapolis last uh, this year. Maybe we'll pick Indianapolis live next year. But the theme is cities. What is your city? Okay, so uh, first off, a couple, couple of things. One, as the school year was ending, my life was just, you know, just my plate was so full and a lot of this Scott Fishbowl stuff was coming together. And I was under the impression that every real city had a live draft. So I was like, I don't want a live draft. I just want to sit by my laptop. So I chose um, Springfield, the Simpsons, uh, which I kind of like anyway, you know, uh, it turns out though, that really any of the places close to me were, were full, whether they were live or not, which I learned they were not. In fact, New York was not, um, they couldn't find a free venue uh, in, in the city. Uh, to uh, to have it at so there was no no live draft in the in the in the greatest city uh, in the world so yeah I'll I'll be in the Simpsons division uh, Springfield uh, and I'm drafting out of the five slot I, you know I I, I kind of like you um, loyal and regular listeners and first of all thank you um, you know know how busy the spring was my my work season is very bu- busy from March through May. Uh, my son, you know, obviously would travel baseball and helping out with that. I've been super busy. I didn't realize that there could have been uh, not real cities 
You know, like I love Springfield. Uh, I'm a big Simpsons guy myself. Uh, I probably would have chosen like uh, like one of like the like Gotham mm. or you know Metropolis, one of those superhero cities. Asgard, Asgard's got a city, you know, for Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wound up in Guadalajara, as in Mexico. And what's pretty cool about that is that I am not a Spanish speaker, but I am in this league with a lot of people. I have yet to meet everybody, but a lot of the people in in my my league have Hispanic or Latino names. So I'm pretty excited. I love meeting new people. Again, for loyal listeners, you know what a what a passionate heart I have for our friends in Australia, Canada, the UK, um, Europe in general. Um, I am super excited to meet new people, um, from, you know, South of the U S so I'm pretty fired up. Uh, and I didn't mention it earlier. This is my fifth or sixth Scott fishbowl. Okay. Whatever seven was so seven, eight, six. This is my sixth seven, year. Seven. This is, so I've been through five. This is six, five, seven. Yeah. I'm sitting here counting on my fingers. If you're watching on YouTube, it makes great radio. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I'm super excited. Now I'm drafting in the eighth spot. Do you know what your spot is? The the fifth. Yeah. I'm in the fifth. Now, did you choose that or are you so so what made you choose five? Well, I am very risk averse. Uh <laughs> and when it comes to the third round reversal, I don't want to get too tied up on one end or the other. So I was looking for the six. It was taken. I chose the five. It that's simple. Yeah. Uh, so, so you are a man after my own heart. Um, for these type of drafts, and, and, and here's really any type of draft, I always want to be in a 12-person draft. I always like to be in that five through eight range. You know, I and the reason why I like it, I can't speak for you, is I don't like getting ping-ponged in, in the middle of a run. Mm. Because with this third-round reversal, what that means is is it's going to flip and and they're going to do you have a better way of explaining it cuz I feel like I'm butchering this. So, so third round reversal, you yeah. want me to explain that? Okay, so you know, yeah. the first two rounds snake, right? So the person with the standard snake gets the 201. But the person who has the 212 at the back that no longer will now take the 31. 31 goes to the 21. Right. So two and three are linear to each other and then snakes afterwards. Is that you? You, you described it very well. I, okay. I th- so I'll just tag on to that. So basically, if you had picks 12 and 13 or 112 and 201, mm-hmm. as soon as the rest of the second round snakes back to the where the 101 started, mm-hmm. the draft then reverses for the third round and then it starts snaking again. Mm hmm. It, it 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 makes it makes the 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 getting the twelfth pick less of a disadvantage and more of an advantage, mm-hmm. and it makes getting the one hundred one less of an advantage and more of a disadvantage in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, as me personally, I'm drafting out of the one hundred eight, so I draft one hundred eight, I draft two hundred five, then we do, we do the third round reversal. I go right back to the three hundred five, right. then I go to the four hundred eight, the five hundred five. And I just keep, I just keep on my 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 normal round. So I don't ever. I, I have the the long term between, you know, technically the the. I guess it's hard to do it off the third, so I'll do it off of the the fifth. So I'll go from the five oh five to the six oh eight. That's going to be my 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 big gap, mm-hmm. which I'm totally fine with because there will be big runs of positions. It will start off very quarterback heavy, mm-hmm. very tight end heavy. So you have the five. Who who without maybe your league mates are listening, maybe they're not. Who who are you planning on taking with the five? So in every single one of my mocks, and you know, to be clear, they are just mocks, uh, whether it was with bots or humans, uh, someone took JT uh, at the four, uh, which left the trio of quarterbacks for me of Burrow, Kyler, and Lamar Jackson. Now, if those three are there at, at five, I'll be very happy uh, uh, tomorrow. Um, if things get a little interesting, if somebody gets aggressive on, say, Burrow and thinks he's going to have a better year than Mahomes, that'll throw things off. But 
I don't think I would take a non QB until I was in your spot in, in the 108. Uh, I would, I would, I would let. Uh, I'd have to see uh, Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Kyler, Burrow, Lamar, and maybe even Dak go before I decided to take JT or Cup or Chase or uh, Pitts or Kelsey or Mandrews. You know, know, and and for me, uh, one thing I'm going to look at is I want to see when he plays San Francisco because those are the games that he really uh, struggled was Matthew Stafford. Matthew Mm. Stafford had one negative point game because in this for quarterbacks, it's not hard to go into the negatives. You have a bad completion Mm -hmm. day. You have a couple of INTs. INTs count uh, as negative four. There's an even bigger penalty on a, on a pick six. So, so so, um, he finished negative one week and still finished as the ninth overall highest scoring player. And we at, we added um, Allen Robinson to the mix. Still have Cooper cup. I think they'll have some more support out of the backfield. So I'm not going to like, I, I, I'm going to kind of let the draft come to me at the 108. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of, I kind of like, I, I tell you what I will not be taking. I will not be taking a wide receiver. I, I there, and, and, and this is this, you know, this goes back to my, my, my dynasty blue chips and everything, you know, you know, we should never operate out of a scarcity mindset. I'm a big scarcity abundance guy. Mm-hmm. It's like I root for everybody. It's like I love having you on. I love talking about your podcast. I love knowing what's going on at the Dynasty Fever. Your success does not take away from mine, right? There's an abundance of success out there, and who the hell knows what success is de- defined as anyway. But there's an abundance of wide receivers in this draft. Yes. There's no scarcity uh, of wide receivers. I mean, the I mean the, the gap between the really good ones and the really average ones gets there kind of quick, but Cooper Cup dominated wide receivers last year. He scored 377 points, the next best, Devontae Adams, 308. You're talking about almost a 70-point game, uh, three, three, four, three full points per game difference. You had Debo in there at 299, Justin Jefferson, 287, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, and then that's that's when everything starts bunching up, when you get to Stephon Diggs, all the way down to that Jalen Waddle T Higgins range. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My, my thing of it is, is that I, I'm not worried about what they did last year, so I'm not a prisoner to this number. Like I think Allen Robinson is going to be a tremendous steal. Brandon Cooks is going to be a tremendous steal. People are going to draft off of the same thing they've always drafted off of. Sleeper. If you do it on sleeper more so than MFL, what's it going to give you? It's going to give you ADP. And what do you think that ADP is, you know, based on? Uh, other other redraft uh, drafts that aren't SFB scoring. That's right. And, yeah. and so you're just going to see the name at the top of your queue. Yeah. And same thing with MFL. It's just going to have all the popular players at the top. And you're going to get tremendous value. And why are those names going to be at the top? Because in all the dynasty startups and all the best ball startups on MFL or Sleeper, it's going to push guys way down the league. But, man, we all know that that Chris Godwin's probably going to miss the first half of the season. He's probably going to start on the pup. He's probably going to maybe even be out longer than that. It makes a guy like Russell Gage in this format an incredible value. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's going to make um, – he, he he just popped in my head and, and, and he ran off. It was just – oh, um, uh, I'll, I'll come back to it. But yeah. I, I will continue to hunt value on, on Allen Robinson. I, I mentioned him yeah. earlier. Who are some of the values you're looking for? So that, that's, a, that's a really good question. Um, I will say that I, I agree with you with wide receiver. Uh, you know, to the extent that I have a plan, I don't see myself – taking a wide receiver before round six. I'd like to get two quarterbacks in my first three picks and the other probably being a, a running back uh, and then probably a, a tight end and a, and a running back in, the, in that four and five. Uh, and then I'll start looking at wide receivers. And in a lot of my mocks, Waddle was there. And if I'm going into, you know, uh, the, the tourney with Waddle as my wide receiver one, I'm fine because like you said, you know, my wide receiver four, right, is going to be, a value play that's going to be much better than, than other folks 
wide receiver for. On the MFL Platinum app, I believe if you go into your SFB league, the ADP on the left is uh, based on other MFL drafts. So like, for example, Burrow is like 35th. But if you go for average points um, per game, I believe that's based on SFB scoring. That's what I was working with last year on, on a, another show. Um, but at the same time, they've got Antonio Brown in there as scoring points. So who knows? Um, but, you know, off the top of my head, I really can't think of anybody that's like jumping off the page at me as far as value goes. I'm trying to think about my mocks. Um, I'm going to throw out another yeah. name that yeah, I sure, saw. Yeah, yeah. A- Adam Thielen. Okay. It's, yeah. it's great to see the national dynasty and fantasy media starting to chirp about Adam Thielen. I have been on Adam Thielen for my dynasty contenders since like March. It's like the guy in this format, he still finished in the top 35 of wide receivers in spite of missing the last five games of the season. Mm-hmm. The guy was having a great season. And I mean, injury is always a thing, but I, I think he's a tremendous value. So let me ask you this: um, you know, you've been in this for for six years, right? But most of most of your listeners, right, um, are are dynasty players, uh, and I'm certainly one. Uh, Scott Fish will be one of maybe two redraft leagues I do all year, right? Um, so. It's hard for me to, as I'm in these mocks, put on that redraft goggles, right? Because uh, someone put it to me this way once, that redraft is a puzzle box, dynasty is a stock market. Neither one is better than the other. It's just which one do you like playing better? I like playing the stock market a lot more than I like playing the one-year puzzle box. Uh, and it's been interesting to look at these mocks and try to take my dynasty hat off and put my redraft hat on and Thielen would be a great example of that right a guy that pretty much if I'm not if I'm not you know really contending for a championship this year in dynasty I don't even he doesn't even really exist to me uh but a guy who in 2022 there's no reason to think with what we're hearing is going to be a a more jazzed up offense in in Minnesota that he's not going to get his usual red zone looks and uh you know solid target share and 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 td upside so you know he's a guy that like i look at his name and i'm so used to dynasty i go ew but i have to like adjust when i'm in the middle of 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 a scott fishbowl draft uh like this now you have six years of of practice at it but i don't know that everybody everybody else uh listening does yeah for for me um a couple of couple of two three things here um one i am just looking Again, I'm using last year's averages, and I'm trying to project forward. Mm-hmm. You know, another guy that I love, Dalton Schultz. He's a tight end that scored 14 points a game. And target distribution and target share in Dallas is going to favor him. It's going to be CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz as the one and two. Now, mm-hmm. I love Jalen Tolbert. Go out in Dynasty and get lots of cheap – not cheap, but it's cheaper than it's going to be in like six weeks. Mm-hmm. Trust me, the kid's going to flash. He's good at football, and – Another late ACL was Michael Gallup. He's going to mm-hmm. flash. Yep. I'm going to I'm going to look to get cheap Dalton Schultz. Another guy that I love, Austin Hooper. This is a very tight end heavy format. No mm-hmm. one's talking about Austin Hooper. I'm going to look at his ADP. In this format last year, he was tight end 25. And he didn't play a game and he played in a in a very untight end friendly offense. He split time with David and Joku and um, Harrison Bryant. Now he's in Tennessee. He's going to see a ton of looks. There was an article came out the other day, and I know it's lying season, but you know Ryan Tannehill talking up Austin Hooper. He's a guy that I want to get. So the first thing for me is I'm just looking to put points in my in my roster. Uh, I do want to I do want one of my QBs and one of my wide receivers to be a stack. I did this last year. I went Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers and um, Devontae Adams. Didn't necessarily pan out for me. I had injuries at some other spaces, but I will tell you, I will be like, like I'm just in this conversation with you. I'll tell you, it's helped my philosophy. I'm going to be looking at Matthew Stafford and uh, Allen Robinson as a stack. I'm mm-hmm. not going to get Cooper Cup. 
Um, but I, I am feeling that Allen Rob. So I'm probably going to take Matthew Stafford. I, I may go, you know, back to back hero QB at the 108. Uh, I can I can pull up my tight end list. Uh, I'm just looking at points, and, and you know, and when we look at the top 10 in this scoring format, and I'm sorry for the clicks. I don't have a quieter mouse. Um, <laughs> you, you, you look at the the top scorers, I mean, number one, Josh Allen, number two, Tom Brady, number three, Justin Herbert, number four, Aaron Rodgers, number six, Joe Burrow, number seven, Patrick Mahomes, number nine, Matthew Stafford, number 10, Dak Prescott, number 12, Kyler Murray, number 13, Kirk Cousins, 14, Jalen Hurts, and, and that's where it drops off. But of the top 15, like literally 11, 12, excuse me, like 10 or 11 of them are all QBs. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't I want to hoard a couple of those guys? Like if I can get Tom Brady at the 108 and come back around and get Matthew Stafford in this format, I literally got two of the top 10 scorers last year. And I know people love the running quarterback in like a redraft mindset, but this is again, knowing the the scoring of the day, mm-hmm. you know, Tom Brady and, and Matthew Stafford, yeah, they, they've both had they've both been injured, but they're less likely to be injured on a rushing play. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind that statuesque, you know. And if I miss out on one of those guys, I may I may wait a little bit and get a guy like um, Matt Rat Ryan with my Colts, I'm a big Colts fan. Um, I think Naheem Hines, you know, those quarterbacks that stand back there, you know what they do? They check the ball down to the running back. They don't run around. Mm-hmm. So I, I want guys that are accurate. I mean, those are some of the things. And then kind kind of like uh, you mentioned earlier about Dynasty, you're like, ooh, ooh. I, <laughs> it's like 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 I'm not a big Jalen Hurts guy for Dynasty. Right. But if he's there in this format, yes, please. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to be opposed to, to, to Jalen Hurts. Um, I'm not a big Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray guy for Dynasty. I don't know what the next three years looks like. But I can tell you, I don't care. It, it, it's just you, you just have to yeah. build a roster and see where your points are coming from. Now, I'm not trying to do the – we all used to do this back in the day. You go to your redraft because if you've been playing as long as Brian and I, you actually went <laughs> to your draft. If you were lucky, someone had printed off some six-week-old rankings from ESPN. Yeah. Bring a magazine you, for some. You had a mag- <laughs> You're like this. You're like – Hold on a minute. I got to flip back to the running back page. That's how long Brian and I have been playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in those days, you're like, checkbox. I got a wide receiver, got a running back, got a tight end. I need another one. And, and, and that's what you do. I'm not going to pass up value of maybe taking a, a, th- a third or a fourth running back and passing on a wide receiver that I like. But I, I'm just looking. I need points. Yeah. And that's why I'm not going to care about kickers. Like, I'm probably going to get, you know, a good kicker. And yeah. – you know, th- those are some of the strategies that that I'm taking into this thing. Yeah, what what I've seen is if I try to if I try to go quarterback quarterback or at least get two quarterbacks out of my first three, right? I'm okay with where I end up with our RB one, but I need to get get to that RB three or four sooner than I might otherwise. Uh, you know, so it's more of like a I can deflate the top a little bit, but I got to bring up the floor and make sure that I grab them before say i don't know round I don't, you know who's really good that, I, that i'm looking at with td upside in round like 10 or 11 rojo i know we don't like rojo but they're only they're only going to ask him to go between the tackles and and score touchdowns and uh he's got td upside alone i like him in like the late 11th where where i've been getting him uh getting him in in, in mocks and and so I, i'm doing that with running backs because as you said you're going to get the value there for the running back three or four when there's like an army of wide receivers later on uh, who you could take, you know, a few wide receivers who, you know, happen to also be dynasty plays that I think are, are value so far based on where they're going in the mocks, Elijah Moore, uh, Michael Pittman, um, Devonta Smith, you know, uh, is not, is not going as high as I expected with AJ Brown on board and, and, and all the, the uh, helium, uh, that Jalen Hurts is getting, um, Darnell Mooney, Christian Kirk. Uh, you know, these are all folks who we like as dynasty for the most part, but who are also, I think, values in in uh, in in this um, SFB 
uh, redraft format. And then, of course, I'm going to also throw in my guy, Nico Collins, but everybody thinks I'm nuts there. But, but yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot there. Uh, every mock I do, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm good. I can take wide receivers late and, and, and be fine. Heck, Jared Goff, accurate as heck. He'll dink and dunk you. It won't be sexy. But Jared Goff is lasting to, like, when I pick, like, my quarterback four. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, those are mocks. It's not always going to be the same in, in your draft, you know, this week, but, uh, like anything else, right. Uh, I think, what do you say? The two V's value, volume and value. I mean, that's, you know, that's what you're looking for. And, and another great way to sort, again, this is another reason why I personally love MFL is you can sort by week. You can sort by total points. You can sort by position. One of the things that I don't think we use enough is the, uh, the weekly average, because mm-hmm. with this format, I can look across and I can see, was it steady production? Like, like a Jonathan Taylor, you know, he had one game all year in single digits, literally one game in the Scott fishbowl format, mm-hmm. one game. But outside of that, I mean, it's, it, it's pretty steady. Same with Joe Mixon, but you know, a guy that didn't score a bunch of points last year, but had a really good average in this format before he got hurt was Kareem Hunt. In the games he played, he averaged 14 points, you know, six points per, per game in this format. Yeah, I think it was RB9 in usual scoring before the injury. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, and that's that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking – again, I'm looking for those points per game. You know, you you mentioned um, Rojo, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, very spotty in his health. You know what? He was averaging 12 points per game in this format. Daryl Henderson was averaging 14 points per game in this format. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let's let's wrap this up on rookies. Where are you going to like start plugging in rookies? Um, are you going to have any rookie wide receivers? I couldn't imagine you'd have any rookie tight ends. Most of those were bleh. Yeah. Um, but, but rookies, who are you thinking? Where do you think we're going to be able to uh, see value there? That's a, that's a great question. I'm actually a uh, professional plug here writing a dynasty guys guide to redraft sleepers uh in two articles one's gonna be quarterback running back the other's gonna be wide receiver uh a tight end so i've been doing a little thinking about this but those are more like you know late round flyers home run swings uh in sfb i found myself i think getting value when it comes to um alave uh jmo dotson uh and a few others probably and i'm i'm probably not really on them until late because a lot of the redraft folks you know are letting you know those those rookies slip uh if you will so i don't know probably mm, i'm gonna say you know 12 13 14 15 i'm looking in there uh right around when i start to think about like kickers versus like you know the running back four or five and I, you know, um, those are just just I'm just pulling up a few mocks that I've done recently. And those are the names that are that are that are popping out to me as far as like rookies that I've seen myself sort of confidently taking uh, value at their ADP. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not taking any of the rookie QBs, even even. Um, oh, my God. Kenny Pickett, who, who went in the first round. I would much rather have Mitch Trubisky. I think Mitch Trubisky has sneaky upside in this format. Uh, not Josh Allen upside, but I think Mitch Trubisky could could have a year. Um, I'm not going to have any of the tight ends, so that obviously puts us down to the running backs. Uh, I think Brees Hall. I mean, you got to look at him as like a like for me, he's probably in that 15 range, give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, if I load up, if, how about this? If I wound up with my dream quarterback tandem of Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford, mm-hmm. and it had to set, settle for Brees Hall as my RB one, so be it. I, I'm cool with that. Um, I think there'll be value for Kenneth Walker. Um, I think we like, I think not we, because I don't like him, but I think people like taking that real small sample of Rashad Penny and being like, look, this is what he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, it was six games. Mm-hmm. Against about, some pretty you know, bad competition in like half of them, I think, right? And, and what about the other 58 games of his career? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, mm, uh, well, we don't want to talk about those. We just want to talk about the six. So Kenneth Walker, I, I, I like James Cook, goes without saying. I think James Cook, uh, you said you were the uh, the original truther 
<laughs> on, on uh, Gabe Davis. I think I was the original truther on James Cook. Yeah. And well, you know who I like? Rookie running backs I, who I could see value on. Damian Pierce and Tyler Algier are essentially the RB1 role is theirs to to take in, in those, in those offenses. And they're not pretty, but like they could be, uh, you know – uh Pierce more of a more of, of of a two down but and even Brian Robinson you know uh they're they're gonna they're gonna get him rotated in he's got a complete back skill set and NFL size Gibson we know you know is is kind of taking a dive in in, in dynasty stock value because we think between injury and timeshare so I mean those are three guys off the, you know that I'm looking at here in my dynasty rankings that I'd be okay with in, in a redraft I am totally fine with you taking a flyer on all those guys, like with like that 21st, 22nd overall pick as the, the draft is ending. And those are names that you need to look at that if someone in your league drops them because they don't get much run week one or week two, don't be afraid to pick them back up because I could totally see a world where Marlon Mack starts the season because Lovey Smith is an old stodgy head coach. He's not going to start the rookie. Especially mm-hmm. if his especially if his pass pro is not good. Yes. And, and he's gonna start Marlon Mack for the first three games. And then Marlon Mack's gonna remember he's Marlon Mack, might get hurt. And then that's when Damian Pierce pops up. Mm-hmm. You know, Elijah Mitchell didn't I know I know Elijah Mitchell was one of the biggest um impact makers in in leagues in Scott and, and in redraft altogether, you know, when he got picked up around week three. So just because these guys don't get off like gangbusters, if you have room on your roster and you don't sustain a bunch of training camp or early in the season entries. Another guy that I love is is Isaiah Spiller. You know, it was Austin Eckler himself saying, hey, I don't want 275 carries yeah. anymore. Hello? Mm-hmm. They've been yeah. trying to find it. It, it. it wasn't, oh my God, was it Josh Farmer? Josh Kelly, Roundtree, uh, and there was another guy in there, not Justin Justin. Jackson, another big body guy they, they brought in, uh, but the, and, and now it's Spiller. And and, and here's the thing about Spiller. And I hate to say it because I have a lot of Eckler on my dynasty. It's not if he gets hurt. It's when he gets hurt and for how long. Isaiah Spiller has the pass-catching chops to really, really make an impact. So he's a guy that that I absolutely endorse. And then the last rookie from the the running back group would be Zamir White. I, you know, speaking of less than healthy, Josh Jacobs. I love Josh Jacobs. I've always stood up for Josh Jacobs. But he's a guy that I I do believe will have um, some impact his rookie year. I'm going to add he, one. I don't know how much sure. time we have. No, we're good. Yeah. Keontae Ingram. Uh, Chase Edmonds, gone. Eno Benjamin is Eno Benjamin. James Conner is not going to score 15 rushing touchdowns, and he's probably not going to be as durable as he was last year. You took the words out of my mouth. Speaking of guys without a clean bill of health. You know, the, 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 and, and I didn't mention Kyron Williams. I know he had the broken foot. You know, I want to see how he looks coming into camp. You know, he's an eyelash away from real meaningful playing time. And that eyelash is some combination of Cam Akers' Achilles and Daryl Henderson's hamstrings because those are two dudes that haven't stayed healthy. Mm-hmm. And if he can come in, it's not so much about the talent. This is redraft. So I, I do want to jump to the running, the wide receiver position real quick. Uh, rookies that I would be interested in coming out of the shoot. You, you mentioned Chris Olave. I think Chris Olave is going to smash in just about every single format possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think David Bell, mm-hmm. late in drafts. Who, but besides David and Joku, who were you enthused by in in Cleveland from that offense from a receiving standpoint? Yeah. I mean, Amari Cooper, not great outsider in the cold. Yeah. So and and even Brissett is competent enough to hit a, a Najoku and to hit a, a Bell, who I think he is better in PPR than half, but still, given what what else is on that offense and the usage tree there, he's high in the hierarchy. And a couple other guys that I, I like. Um, I don't know about John Mechie's health. I know he had mm-hmm. a late season ACL last year, but I love Jalen Tolbert, uh, another mm-hmm. guy that I've been propping up all rookie season. Again, Dallas had uh, – I've remembered the stack correctly. I did it on one of our other podcasts. I think Dallas averaged 37 and a half pass attempts per game last year. Mm-hmm. Gallup's on the team but still hurt. They lost Cedric Wilson. Mm-hmm. 
Who who else takes those targets? I mean, let's yeah, I like Tobit a lot. What I'm worried about is that he's already getting buzz and some helium. So I don't know if he's gonna if he's gonna drop to where we'd like in in a, in SFB. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna be afraid to take him as like my wide receiver three or four in this format. Okay. I would love I would love him as my wide receiver three or four in this format. If if I got if I went quarterback quarterback tight end, and so maybe by like the eighth nine round, I he'll be in play he'll he'll be he'll be looked at um i i don't see me leaning on chris uh or, or excuse me on on Traylon burks or garrett wilson or drake london um for me i want to see how the alpha role in new york plays out between elijah moore and garrett wilson mm-hmm. i don't trust marcus mariota or drake london's health i mean Traylon burks shows up out of shape all of a sudden develops asthma Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, asthma. You know, Alec Pierce with the Colts. I, I guess if SFB had a a, a best ball type element to it, I would love Alec Pierce. I could see him with his speed and size having a couple of monster games. I just don't want to have to push the submit lineup button with with guessing whether or not you know Alec Pierce is going to play. But yeah, I, I would pretty much be sticking to Alave, Bell, Tolbert. Uh, as guys that I wouldn't mind submitting to my lineup at times as a wide receiver three. So a question for you at cost sky Moore or Justin Ross, both on Kansas city, both rookies. For, for me, I, I'm going to take sky Moore. I, I know, uh, I know Justin Ross has looked good. Uh, I have no problem taking Justin Ross as a flyer. If your dynasty league has it done there, has it done their uh, rookie draft yet? I, I I can 100% endorse endorse that uh, college player with a good pedigree struggled late in his college career. Now partnered up with a good with a good veteran QB known for production. Yeah, I, I have no problem with that. Okay. In, in dynasty in, in in redraft, I feel like I trust. I, I'm really trying to avoid the wide receiver position, at least for Scott Fishbowl with Kansas City with okay. Juju with. Now, I don't care who catches the ball as long as they help Patrick Mahomes, if I have Patrick Mahomes. But I, I tell you, I, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. Um, may, maybe we'll, uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about this some other time, but I'm really fascinated to see the long-term effect of no Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. in this offense. I don't know about you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're going to have to change something. They're going to have to tweak something, and we just don't know what it's going to look like yet. So there's, I think, little confidence you can have outside of Kelsey. I mean, I have seen um, Patrick Mahomes going third as the third QB off the board in like a redraft and even in Dynasty. And I can tell you, I mean, two years ago, that would have been sacrilege. That would have been looked at as blasphemy in the Dynasty space, especially in a Superflex. How could you not take Patrick Mahomes number one? But seeing Josh Allen go number one and, you know, Justin Herbert going number two in some cases, I get it. I, I totally get it. And it's going to be a very interesting season for Mr. Mahomes, but it's going to be a very interesting Scott Fishbowl season. Brian, real quick, man, give us the rundown of what's going on with the uh, fever and going for two. Right on. So I just uh, moved over to going for two after a year plus at fantasy in frames. And so I have an article up already about Comet being a target in dynasty for tight ends, uh, full of wordplay like commitment and committed. Uh, and I'll have uh, some more articles coming out this week as far as a dynasty guys guide to redraft sleepers. Dynasty fever is an audio only podcast I do with DWZ's uh, Jesse Schneeman. I don't know if if I'm his side piece or if Dynasty War Games is his side piece, but you know, uh, we're, uh, we're the family's working out fine. Uh, we don't have a steady night yet. We're going to try to get on Sunday nights during uh, preseason uh, and maybe even go live uh, during the season as well. Uh, but our we'll be recording on Thursday. Uh, trade tips slash trade etiquette, also featuring Dave Heilman, aka Dynasty Dorks. That's about it as uh, everything I got going on right now. Well, man, I really appreciate you jumping on. Uh, I was going to do this on Tuesday, and I was like, man, with podcast, we're already giving you yesterday's newspaper today. Mm. Uh, I was like, we don't want to give you like Monday's newspaper on Wednesday. So we thought we'd get a little bit of tips and tricks and things that we're talking about with Scott Fishbolt. Brian, my friend, I am very grateful you jumped on with us. 
Um, I'm glad you're here to help me out. Didn't want to make this another solo show. <laughs> um, but on behalf of Brian, I am Memphis. And remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just here to make the world a better well, I'm going to have to edit that out um, <laughs> because I forgot to mention the Patreon one more time, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Please head over there. Check that out. We have our athletic apparel sponsor, Hate Brand Goods. Search H-V-I-I-I in your Apple or Google Play search engines and then leave us a five-star review. You may even give us a four-star review because Memphis went to the outro too soon. Mm. I don't know. But now that I got all of that out, I will say on behalf of Brian, I am Memphis. And remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just here to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Have a great week, guys. For all you Scott Fish Bowlers, good luck, unless you play Brian or me. It's Hate Brand Goods. That's uh, my company. That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out. If you want to go over to the hate.com, hate for me means it's about self-improvement. It's this self-motivation through self-loathing, this, this bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit, that little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like, fuck all that, man. I know. Like, I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to the hate.com, use code and save yourself some cash. You